Well, hey there, church. Want to welcome all of you across the network. Greetings to our Bettendorf families, the friends online, our Kiwani men, and everyone here at Rock Island as we continue in our journey toward Christmas in this season of Advent. Advent is a time of active waiting, a time of preparing, a time of expectancy, and the focus of Advent is Jesus. The, the focus of the season is, is Jesus, and, and Christmas is the context by which we bring that focus. We know he came once before, we know he's coming back, and so we want to we be ready and we want to wait well. So we're taking time to make sure we know how to lay hold of the gifts of hope and faith and peace and joy all along this journey towards Christmas. In fact, it was last week we just dove down deep right into the concept of hope, really trying to understand what it is, how we get it, where it comes from, really how it all works. And one of the things we saw and understood about hope is that it, it exists in the space between what is and what isn't, be between now and next, the, the now and not yet space. And, and it is a space of waiting and trust. Hope exists in the space between now and not yet, but it's birthed out of faith. Hope doesn't lead to faith. Faith leads to hope. Now I get that hope realized can, can feed back into an existing faith and cause it to go deeper, but the reality is hope doesn't lead to faith. Faith leads to hope. Hope is birthed out of faith. Hope comes from God. And that's really important to understand that it's not hope that leads to faith, it's faith that leads to hope. And we saw that as we looked at Simeon and Anna, two individuals around the Christmas story, and you, you can see that whole thing online at heritageqc.com, but they demonstrated living by faith with hope. Simeon and Anna demonstrated living by faith with hope. It wasn't by hope with faith, because hope doesn't lead to faith. Faith leads to hope, which really actually positions us to understand a bit more what this thing is, what this thing we call faith really is. So I'd like to start just by a basic dictionary definition, because it's actually pretty solid. Here's what the dictionary says about faith. It's confidence or trust in a person or thing. I'm mean, like, yeah, we get that. That's, that's our basic understanding of what faith is. But it also says belief that is not based on proof. So this is a really good starting point for us as we begin to understand faith. But we really want to move to getting to understand biblical faith. This is just the definition of faith, but we want to get to this spot where we're understanding biblical faith. And I want to be clear, we're not talking about being faithful. We're talking about having faith. Having faith and being faithful are two different things. They're not synonymous. They can be connected, but they're different. We're talking about having faith. And, and we're using this as a starting point. And we'll come back, actually back around to this concept that it's not based on proof. We'll get to that in a little bit. But what I'd like to do is move to the biblical definition of faith, how God describes faith out of Scripture, and it's found in Hebrews chapter 11. It's something we looked at last week, but I want to go back there now. Here's what the, the definition of faith is out of Hebrews chapter 11. Faith is being sure of what we hope for. It is being sure of what we do not see. So that's the basic definition. It, it, it seems very similar to the, the, the dictionary definition, but the biblical definition has a slight nuance in it. It goes on to say that it is what the people of long ago were praised for. So they are praised for their faith. But if we jump down into verse 6 out of this passage, it says, Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. So we really actually need to understand what faith is. 
And the truth is, we can put faith in lots of different spaces and places. We can put faith in or on lots of different things. But for our purposes today, we're talking about biblical faith. So when when I speak about faith in our conversation, I'm talking about faith in God or faith that is on God. That's the place, that's the place that faith pleases Him. Not all faith pleases God. Only faith that is in or on Him as God the Father, God the Son, and Holy Spirit. It's the faith we saw demonstrated in Simeon and Anna. And so we're, we're really talking about a God-pleasing biblical faith that, that is sure and certain even in uncertainty. Because if we go back to that diagram we looked at last week, that faith intersects into this space between what is and isn't. In the space where hope exists, it's a space of trust and waiting between the now and the not yet. So the reality is that faith brings assurance. There's a certainty that we can be sure of God. We can be sure of His promises. We can be sure He's faithful. And we can sit in the waiting with a confident certainty, even in the uncertainty. Simeon and Anna lived in this space with that confident certainty, even in uncertainty, even though they couldn't see what was yet promised. They waited and waited well, and so can we. When we understand how to live by faith with that confident certainty amidst uncertainty. See, I think we all understand that there are things that we know and there are things we don't know. All of us, there are things we know and there are things we don't know. In fact, just do this with me. Just turn to somebody next to you. Look at them in the eye. Bettendorf, get in on this. Just turn to somebody next to you. Look, gaze into their eyes very intently. As you're gazing into their eyes, do you have any idea what they're going to do next? No, you don't. You probably don't. Maybe you do. Maybe you don't. For some of you, you're looking at a stranger. You're like, that was just weird. So you can stop looking at somebody next to you. Just stop. But if you're looking at your spouse, you're like, I know exactly what they're going to do. I knew they were going to try to kiss me. I knew they were going to smile, whatever it is. There are things that we know, and there are things that we don't know. And someone once said there's actually three categories to understanding what's known and unknown. They said that there are known knowns, there are known unknowns, and there are unknown unknowns. That may seem kind of complicated, but it's actually very simple. Known knowns are the things that we know we know. The things that we just know that we know. Known unknowns are the things we know that we don't yet know. We know they exist. We know they're out there. We know it's to come, but we don't yet know that unknown. And then there's the reality of unknown unknowns, which are the things we have no idea that we have no idea about. (laughs) The things we just don't know that we don't know. And the truth is, the space here in these second two categories is the space that gets a little uncomfortable. It's a space that we don't have a whole lot of control. There's uncertainty in it. There are even surprises in it. And that's the space that we can actually start to feel uncomfortable and even fearful in. But it is a space of faith. To know when we don't know, even without proof. That's the space that God calls us into. It is the space of faith where he says, trust me. You don't know, but trust me. It's a space that we can step in any given dynamic that we can know without knowing when we can't even prove it. When we live by faith. It's a space where we can choose faith over fear, over the the uncertainties of the unknowns around us. And it's a space where God loves to work and move. It's a space he loves to show up and and bring about his glory and our good. When we're willing to lay hold of faith and to wait in the space between the now and the not yet in a posture of hope as we trust and wait on him. 
there's a reality of knowns and unknowns in life. In fact, in the original story of Christmas, in the original narrative around that first Christmas when Jesus came, that there are a number of examples of this, but I actually want to focus in on one. I want to focus in on Mary, the mother of Jesus. And so if you have a Bible, you can go ahead and turn. We're going to be in Luke chapter 1. We're going to spend some time in that part of Scripture, Luke chapter 1. And, and as you're getting there, the reality is that long before Mary was the mother of Jesus, known as the mother of Jesus, she was just a teenage girl in Nazareth taking selfies and Snapchatting with her friends. That's just what she was doing. Not, okay, not really the last part. But she was a teenager in Nazareth. She was engaged to a guy named Joe. And they had some wedding plans forming and they were going to get married. But what's about to happen is that Mary is going to be moved into the space between the now and the not yet. She's going to move into the space of, of what is and isn't with an opportunity to live in trust with hope by faith. But that space is filled with knowns and unknowns, all kinds of them. So let's take a look at this. We're in Luke chapter 1. We're picking up at verse 26. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, and, and Elizabeth is not a random person. She's actually a relative, and we'll see that here in a second. God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee. Who sent the angel? God sent the angel. All right, sent the angel. Now, here's the deal. Angels, there are different types of angels. There are messenger angels. There are warrior angels. And we're not really talking about baby-shaped archer angels here. Okay? We're talking about Gabriel, who's sent by God with a very specific message. Verse 27, sent to a virgin, pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. Now, the details in those few words aren't just about personal context. They're about prophetic context. The reality of, the, of going to a virgin and a descendant of David are speaking to prophetic reality, speaking to things that were promised but not yet realized and connecting that reality in this exchange. They're, they're not just details for personal context, they're prophetic context. Verse 28, the angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Now, this is by far the most defining factor for how we navigate a waiting space well. The space between now and not yet is the reality that we are not alone, that we serve a God who wants to walk alongside and who is with us, who wants to work and move alongside in any dynamic with us. Verse 29, Mary was greatly troubled at his words, uh, his words, not the situation, troubled at his words, and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. B because this really wasn't a, hey, how you doing? How you doing? Can you do me a favor moment? <laughs> this is way more significant than that. And in verse 30, the angel said to her, do not be afraid. Don't be afraid. In the known unknowns, in the unknown unknowns, don't be afraid. Because in that uncertainty, we can drift towards fear. We can forfeit our faith and take on fear. And the angel saying, don't be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. Now, there is some basic good news in this. She's going to have a baby, and she doesn't have to pick out a name. It's already done. Stress relief. <laughs> but there's far more to what's happening here, because he goes on to say, verse 32, he will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. And he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. This is big stuff, mind-blowing stuff. And yet Mary responds in verse 34, How will this be since I am a virgin? 
Now, that's a legitimate question. She's looking at some of the logistics of this. I'm going to have a baby, and I haven't been doing the things to have a baby. How's this all going to work out? That's legit. But she's kind of missing that it's not just a baby. It's a king, and it's a king will have a kingdom, and a kingdom will reign forever. Yet one of the gracious things about our God is he's willing to meet us in the details sometimes, to position us to be able to step by faith. And that's what happens here through the angel Gabriel. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. This whole moment is this crazy, mind-blowing exchange. One that that could have and did prompt all kinds of questions for Mary. Known unknowns and unknown unknowns popping up everywhere in this dynamic. Yet, in the midst of this complexity, in the midst of this new information, in the midst of being thrown in between a now and a not yet, Mary demonstrates the beauty and power of faith. When she says, verse 38, I am the Lord's servant. She is identifying her her position of submission and belief before and, and in God. And she says, may your word to me be fulfilled. That's trust. That's faith. And then the angel left her. After that moment, the uniqueness of it and all the complexities around it, Mary chooses faith. Faith that was sure and certain, even in uncertainty. So we get, look, Mary was identified as a worthy servant. It wasn't like God owed her a favor She was favored by God. And he wasn't inviting her because he was trying to convince her as a customer to do something. He was inviting her as a participant into into a a reality that had an eternal ripple. And, And as someone who was identified as a worthy servant, she was invited into a space to be ready. And she was invited into that to participate because she was ready and available. Just like Simeon and Anna. They were ready and available because they waited well in a waiting space to be part, a participant of something significant. And because she was identified and invited as a participant, she was able to be entrusted as someone who was willing as she embraced faith. Confidence, certainty amidst uncertainty. Now, this story is very familiar for many of us. It's it's a core part of the Christmas narrative, and it's really good to know. But our familiarity with it can actually cause us to, to lose an appreciation for the significance, especially because we know the outcomes. We know some of the things that are not yet. Some of the things that for Mary would have been unknowns. We know how some of this worked out. And so we can lose the significance and we can even fail to see the intensity of this moment. Because this happens to Mary with lots of unknowns. Known unknowns and unknown unknowns. It it happened to her without the information. It happened to her without all the answers. Without even knowing how it was going to work out and telling Joseph that an angel would actually go take care of that for her. There was an unknown reality of what others would think. Her reputation was on the line, the complexity within her culture. She didn't even have an understanding of really how the birth would go or, or that Jesus would live and die and rise again. These are, these are all part of the unknowns in the dynamic. She actually had nothing but a promise. Nothing but a promise. No proof. No full explanation. Or even the removal of the complexity that would come associated with stepping in obedience. Yet she knew she was part of something bigger. And she was able to step 
in a posture of faith. This thing would have been not this ideal invitation to be a mom and to have a child in a, in a, a family moment. This was an upheaval in her life. It, it wasn't uh, this sweet invitation to something smooth. It was an invitation to something significant. And it was an upheaval, not just for Mary. It was an upheaval for all of mankind. Dietrich Bonhoeffer actually speaks about God's invitation to Mary to be the instrument as a a complete reversal, an upheaval for all of us. Here's what he actually said. He said, when God chooses Mary as the instrument, when God wants to enter this world in the manger in Bethlehem, this is not an idyllic family occasion, but rather the beginning of a complete reversal, a new ordering of all things on this earth. The the significance of what was happening in this exchange between Mary and Gabriel, what was about to happen next, was immeasurable. No no one fully understood in this moment. Even what it would mean for Mary, let alone what it would mean for us. It is this space of choosing faith. So what I'd love to do is to back up a little bit and see if we can begin to understand a bit of of Mary's perspective in this moment. How she saw this through her eyes with the understanding of what faith is and what hope is. If we go back to the diagram that we looked at already, Mary in this moment is thrown right into the middle, in the space between what is and isn't, the space between now and not yet. And she's in a space there where she has an opportunity to choose faith and to live by hope, but it's ultimately something she needs to choose because she's in a space where she knows some things, but there are some unknowns as well. She doesn't have the full explanation for everything. So let's just take a moment to understand what, is, what she may have known and understood in that moment. I, it's safe to say that she understood the, pro, the prophetic foretelling of a Messiah. It was what her nation longed for, that, that there would be a rescuer, a redeemer would come. That redeemer would establish his kingdom uh, over every other kingdom, and especially the Romans who were ruling at this time. So that, that would have been a known known for her, the idea that there would be a Messiah. But there are a whole bunch of unknown unknowns behind that. The fact that that he would live but also have to die and that the death would lead to a resurrection and the reality is he wouldn't establish his kingdom the way they thought, that he would establish his kingdom a different way. Those are unknowns that would have been swirling around Mary's dynamic. She knew what the angel said, but that was a mixed bag, what he declared. It's cool that that she's entrusted by God with favor and God's power going to come on her. That's wonderful and awesome, but she also understood great risk. With her reputation, with the complexities within her culture, what people would think, how it would really work out with Joseph if he would really come along in this journey. There were significant complexities even around how the birth would go. There were known knowns, known unknowns, and unknown unknowns. Yet all of that created a space to walk by faith. The unknown spaces are opportunities to live by faith. And and listen, it could not have been easy. There are so many complexities in the dynamic. But here's the thing about faith. Faith is rooted in our who, not our what. Faith is rooted in our who, not our what. It's not rooted in what is, it's rooted in who God is. So the reliability of our faith is established in the dependability of God, not our circumstances. So faith that leads to hope, that allows us to wait well, is rooted in our who, not our what, not the circumstances. I want you to think about it with me this way. And really what I want to do is just lay out kind of the progression of what it looks like to live a life by faith. Because anytime that God says something, anytime he declares something, anytime he asks us something or invites us into something, even anytime he reveals something about himself 
in that moment, we are given a choice. Because he loves us, he gives us a choice of whether we are going to believe or not. Anytime God speaks, anytime God reveals, we have a choice of whether we're going to believe or not. If we choose to believe, that immediately moves us to a place and space of faith. Being sure of what we hope for, certain of what we do not yet see. If we choose to believe, it moves us to a place of faith. And if we step into a place of faith, that inherently moves us to a space of hope. Where we trust, where we wait well. Because faith gives birth to hope, and then hope allows us to sit in that space and ultimately wait well for the result, for the outcome. This is the progression of living and walking by faith. Based on who God is, we choose to believe, that leads us to a place of faith, that leads to hope, that leads us to see and realize the result in all due time and whatever that looks like. It's really rooting ourselves in who God is, ultimately leading us to the, to the what— and this journey moves this direction if we're walking in a journey of faith. That who God is allows us to walk through spaces to the what? As we believe, we step into faith, into spaces of hope to see the result. We get this. We understand this. In fact, this, this is the journey that, that Mary walked. Mary chose to believe. She stepped by faith. Out of that hope, she saw things realized. She saw the outcomes. She saw the answers. That is how we walk by faith, choosing the who more than the what. Not the complexities of her reputation, not the complexities with her fiancé. It was choosing God first. Now here's the thing. We actually tend to want to walk this path the other direction. That when it comes to the promises of God or the things not yet seen, the space between now and not yet, we really often want a bit more of a confirmation. We want a bit more uh, explanation. We want a few more answers. Often we want the guarantee or we really want proof. We want proof about the result. We want proof about the what. And, and we want to walk this journey from the what to the who. That, that with the proof, with the guarantee, with the answer or the explanation, now we're willing to walk these spaces of hope and faith and belief. But the problem is, once we start with what and move towards who, there is no faith journey. The moment we expect proof, well, once the proof comes, there is no hope because hope realizes no hope at all. We saw that last week. If we start in a place of dealing with the what and, and seeking the answer and the proof, well, now we're not really talking about faith. We're talking about a space to be convinced. And we're not really talking about a space to believe. We're talking about whether or not we agree. And it's whether or not we agree with what God has said or not, what he has revealed or not. And if we're trying to decide if we agree with God rather than us just uh, deciding to agree with him, he is not Lord, we are. And we've established ourselves our own authority in a process that is not faith. It's just a journey of acquiescence. It's a journey of agreement. When we start with a what and we move towards a who, it's not a journey of faith. But when we choose to believe in who he is and out of who he is walk towards the what, even if there is a waiting, everything begins to change. Mary walked this journey when she said, I am your servant. May your words to me be so fulfilled. And she walked this path. If she had gotten here and said, look, let me understand. help me understand what I'm going to tell Joseph. Okay, show me how that's going to work out. Okay, what's going to happen with my parents? What's going to happen with my family around me? What? If she started with the what and moved to the who, she wouldn't walk a faith journey. But instead, she chose to embrace who and led to a what. Now, she's not the only one to have done that. There's lots of people in faith. In fact, there's a man by the name of Abraham or Abram who's identified in Scripture as a person of faith. And in Genesis 15, 6, it says that, that Abram believed God 
and it was counted to him as righteousness by faith. When we choose to believe and walk by faith, it allows us to wait well and see the result. Abraham was actually asked by God, he said, God said, hey, pack up your family and go to the place I will show you. So if Abraham was choosing to walk by faith, he would say, I believe God and I'm going to pack up and head out even though I don't know where we're going to land. And that's what he did. If he'd gone over here and said, I need to know where we're going first. I need to know the route. I need to know how many supplies we need to take. Just tell me exactly where we're going. Well, now he's walking in a posture, not of faith, but one of convincing and one of agreement. And it's not the space you please God. We don't please God working from what to who. We please God working from who he is as we walk belief and faith into a place of hope that allows us to wait well in in the in-between spaces. Abraham and Mary showed us in their own expressions, how to wait well, how to, how to have faith in things not yet seen. And the reality is that we can walk that as well. We can walk in spaces with God in the space between what is and isn't, and we can wait well even when we can't see. When we root our faith in who, not in the what. Not in the circumstances, but who he is. And Abraham and, and Mary show us that faith follows belief, but precedes proof. When we look at Mary's exchange, we even look at Abraham a bit. Faith follows belief but precedes proof. Trust must be given before proof for it to be faith. Faith always follows belief and precedes proof. So for faith to be faith, for trust to be trust, it has to be given before it's proven. It has to be given before it's all answered. Trust can't be given after proof. That's just agreement, not faith. Faith follows belief, but it precedes proof. One of, the, one of my favorite quotes I shared last week is from Oswald Chambers, where he says that faith never knows where it's being led, but it loves and knows the one who is leading. And there is deep, profound truth in that and how to live by faith. And, and Mary, Mary loved and knew the one who was leading, even though she didn't fully know everything about where she was being led. And that pleased God and allowed him to show up in spaces. She, she believed God. She believed God through the angel Gabriel with a hodgepodge of knowns and unknowns. She chose faith. And Hebrews 11 tells us that faith is being sure of what we hope for, certain what we do not see. But also in Hebrews 11 is a whole list of other people, heroes of the faith, who, who are kind of like the who's who of faith. There, there, there are names like Abel and, and Enoch and Noah and Abraham's in that list too. But there's something about that list of people there's something that all of them have in common. It's an interesting thing about it is that when it comes to the Messiah, when it comes to the, the Redeemer and the Rescuer coming, they were in a space that not even one of them saw that promise realized in their lifetime. Yet they still believed. Because they worked from who, not from what. They worked from believing God rather than having God prove something to be able to trust him. That's the difference of walking by faith versus walking by convincing. They still believed even though they didn't see. Here's, here's what I'm talking about. Latter part of Hebrews 11, after describing who these heroes of faith are, we can read these words. Not one of these people, even though their lives of faith were exemplary, got their hands on what was promised. God had a better plan for us, that their faith and our faith would come together to make one completed whole. Their lives of faith not completed apart from ours. The heroes of faith of old, they, they chose to believe in who God was and what he said. By that walked by faith, 
into places of hope, in spaces of waiting, even though many of them never saw the promise realized in their lifetime. But God's greater story, the bigger story, our faith, our rescue, was all part of that journey. And because they knew they were part of a bigger story, they were able to choose the who over the what. And they can wait in spaces as long as God chose for them to wait. And the truth is, so can we when we walk by faith. Because it's the who more than the what. And if we're positioning ourselves, hoping in a promise because we're convinced, that's, that's not faith. Faith is placed in a promise even if we don't see it. It's based on who, not what. And scripture tells us hope seen is no hope at all. And I think it's safe to say then that faith based on what is proven is not faith. It's convincing. And if we, if you find yourself in a space where you're waiting to be convinced, you need to be convinced, then you're not waiting for faith. You're not pursuing faith. You're looking for proof, not belief. You're in a space simply to be convinced. And you are Lord, not God. And that is a space where God will never be pleased because he's only pleased in spaces of faith. But here's the deal. If you find yourself in a space where you're waiting to be convinced, you've been waiting to be convinced, I want you to know that can change. You can begin to walk by faith today. You can step into relationship with God. You can choose to live by faith. You can choose to embrace the certainty amidst the uncertainty as you place your trust in who, not what. We already looked at in Hebrews 11 the reality that it is impossible to please God apart from faith. Without faith, we can't please God. But there's, a, there's more to that, that section of scripture that says that those who come to God must believe that he exists. And they must believe that he rewards those who look to him. I want you to see a couple things in this statement. That no matter where you have been, what you have done, where you have wandered, how long you have wanted proof, you can actually come to him. You can step into proximity of relationship with God if you believe. It's impossible to please God without faith, but you can step into a posture of faith today and experience his pleasure and experience the fullness of life with him if you choose to believe. If you choose to put your hope, your trust in him, even without proof. A space to wait between the now and the not yet realities. You can do that just simply engaging in a conversation with him today. It's not all that complicated, but it is incredibly significant. In fact, it's on the back of your note guide at the very top of the last page. It says how to start a relationship with God. It's really about how to start a journey of walking by faith. How to choose to go from who to what. And it starts by admitting that we need rescue, that we all need rescue. We need a a savior. We need a redeemer. It it steps into acknowledging the, the brokenness in our life, the sin that keeps us from proximity to a holy God and asking him to purify us of that. But then it steps into this place of saying yes to God by trusting Jesus as Savior and Lord. It is literally walking this path of saying, I choose to believe. I choose to put my faith in Jesus as Lord and Savior. And in that space, we can receive hope, birthed out of faith, and wait well for the result, for the outcome, for the what. Whatever the thing is that you find yourself caught between, the now and the not yet. You can pray that prayer that's written right at the end of that and you can step into this process rather than trying to walk a convincing journey anymore. And you can experience the pleasure and the fullness of walking with God, which is a daily thing. It's a daily journey of stepping and and experiencing strength and healing and hope in all of our spaces. And it's an ongoing conversation. In fact, whether you pray that prayer for the first time or as a rededication, 
or whether you've been walking with God and you're just looking to go deeper with him next, I want to encourage you to consider using a resource as we approach Christmas. It's actually a devotional that we prepared uh, within the Heritage staff, calling it the Gift of Advent. And it's, it's just a daily investment of the 12 days leading up to Christmas, the 12 days before Christmas that allow us to just get more intentional in turning to him, looking to him as Hebrews 11 just called us to do. That we need to believe and look to him. That we start with the who and we move to the what. You can find this online at heritageqc.com and just download it and use it as we approach Christmas over that 12-day window. But let me just step into the so what reality for us. Because there's two things I want to put before you that allow you to lean into the Christmas season just a bit more in this posture of faith. The first is just this idea that faith, faith is the fitting response to a faithful God. Faith is the fitting response to a faithful God. It's the right response to who God is. Regardless of what you think, regardless of what you know or understand or, or prefer, no matter who you are, what you understand in the knowns and the unknowns of life, He is worthy of trust. He is worthy of our belief and deserves our fullest expression of faith. Faith is always the fitting response to a faithful God. 2 Corinthians 5 reminds us that we don't walk by sight, we walk by faith. So we walk by faith, not by sight. So, so do that. Walk into spaces, even though you don't see it, even though it's not yet. Choose to lean into a posture of believing God and having faith that he will be faithful to his promises. In all of those spaces, the knowns and unknowns, this world is marked by lots of uncertainty. Even walking with God has uncertainty, but there's a certainty that comes and we choose to walk by faith. Not concerned about the what, but focused on the who. In that space, walking by faith. We will encounter unknowns. We'll encounter these spaces where we just don't know, but unknowns become the space. Anytime you enter into an unknown, it becomes the space by which we can choose to please God. By faith. You've got an unknown in your world, you can choose to focus, not a, that is a fearful place, but that is a space to say, I'm going to demonstrate faith. I'm going to trust in who God is in that space, even though I'm between the now and the next. Be like Mary in those spaces. Simply, humbly, boldly, Stepping before the Father in obedience. Live and wait by faith. It's the most fitting response to a faithful God. The second and final fill-in is that faith expands our perspective on what is possible. When we embrace a posture of faith, it expands our perspective on what is possible. Faith in God expands the ideas that can even be considered and, and Mary, she had some things to overcome. She had some impossibilities in her world and in her, her life that in order to embrace the task before her, she would have had to have faith and embrace the impossibilities of it. But faith allows us to do that. It expands our perspective to what's possible. And you may be thinking, look, I'm not, I'm not Mary. Uh, you know, we don't have angels showing up talking to us. We're not as favored or we've not been as faithful. Listen, I get that dynamic, but here's the reality. Jesus has said something about faith that is relevant for all of us, that everything is possible for one who believes. Everything is possible for one who what? Believes. believes. It's the belief that leads to faith, faith leads to hope, and hope allows us to wait until the outcome, until the result. But we have to choose to live by faith. Because, and, and faith is not just a placeholder. It is actually the context by which God moves in power and might. When he is pleased by faith, he works and moves in ways to bring about his purposes. The gift of hope gives us a means by which we can wait well, but the gift of faith gives us far more than that. Where we can navigate the complexities of life, 
The space between in confidence and hope, it undergirds everything of this life that is worth living for. It gives us handholds and handles in what we can't see as we walk by faith. And it was, faith was the thing that set Mary apart, and it was the thing that set the others in Hebrews 11 apart, and it can set you and I apart when we walk by faith, when we choose to live by faith. You know, my invitation in prayer and hope for you is that you would not be tempted to live from the what towards a who, but that you would choose to believe God and live in a posture of faith certain in the uncertainty, hopefully waiting for his result. The moving from who to what, the space of wanting and needing proof and getting the answers and leading to convincing and ultimately trying to agree is not a faith journey. It is not a space to please God. This is the space to please God where we choose to believe even when we don't know, when there is no proof. But by faith, we trust in who he is no matter what we're facing. I don't know what your what is. I don't know what the thing is. I don't know what the result, the answer you're asking for. But whatever it is, God is asking you to trust in him more than pursue the thing. We have known knowns and we have known unknowns and there are unknown unknowns. But we have an opportunity to be like Mary who says, I am your servant. May your words to me be fulfilled. That's belief and faith. She could have very easily said, I need to know a bit more. I need you to show me how it's all gonna work out. I want you to prove to me that it's gonna be okay. And if she'd done that, she would have walked a journey of convincing leading to agreement or acquiescence, not a journey of faith. This is where God is pleased. So whatever you find yourself in a space between now and not yet, I encourage you to choose to believe in who he is, trust in who he, who's revealed himself in his word, what his promise is, and walk by faith. Because in the space between now and not yet, in that result, he shows up when we choose faith. And he does the impossible. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you that you are a God who is worthy of our trust, who's worthy of our faith. Even in lives that are marked often by knowns and unknowns, even when we can struggle with fear in those spaces, even when we may choose to rely on our own understanding rather than yours, God, you're still love and you're still patient. And I, I pray that you would help each one of us to know where this Christmas season, where in our lives you want us to step by faith into the unknowns, but with the certainty that comes and the confidence that comes of placing our hope in you. May we be a people who move from who you are to whatever it is you call us to and not the other way around. There are things we don't know, but you know all things. There is nothing you don't know. So as you know all things, may we find great comfort in that to be able to put our hope in you and walk through seasons of relationship and journey and transitions in a way where we trust in you, we believe you, and allow you to determine the what when you see fit. May we live a faith like that. Lord, I pray this in the name of your son, in the name of our Savior, in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen.